0: You're listening to the YCA podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA podcast. We hope you enjoy. Of we are improving in the offseason. This is part three. And we got our special guest with us tonight. I am your host tonight, Cam Willis, and we are in Fort Willis, back home. Back in Fort home, Willis. Away uh, from the Death Star. I got my, my guy, my other co-host or my co-host tonight, Coach Brett Fields. Coach Coach, what's up?
1: What's going on, man?
0: Not much, man. I'm excited to finish this uh finish this part we got going on right here. Improving the offseason. Um, real quick before we get started, I just want to say a little R.I.P. to my guy, my, my pirate Mike Leach, absolutely. That, that's my guy. Um, love him. Uh, you know, read his book, a couple of his things that he's got out there. But anytime you can hear a soundbite from Coach Leach, you know you, you're gonna at least smile a little bit. So, yep. R.I.P. to the Pirate. All right. So I got special guest tonight. We've done an episode with an assistant. We've got one with a coordinator. And tonight I am super pumped about having a head football coach on with us tonight. And we've got Coach Shane Fiddler, head coach of Ashley Ridge High School.
2: Coach, what's up, man? What's going on? I knew we were at Fort Willis because I saw the UNC thing in the background. That's right. And I'm and I'm just waiting for my North Carolina Tar Heels tweets to get freaking machine gunned by, <laughs> by you on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind
0: of I'm kind of backed off of those because they they lost four games in a row, so I'm I'm kind of hiding right now. So if
2: I need to know what's going on with Tennessee football or UNC basketball, I just turn to Twitter and I'm gonna get everything i need that's right that's right, that's right. That's we, right. we haven't
0: told anybody about that I'm, I'm gonna get catch trouble about tennessee football and north Carolina basketball but you know it is what it is i, I appreciate can't help you it.
2: guys appreciate you guys having me on all right I, and also you know mike leach thing this is that's it's real sad dude. yeah you know, it's, absolutely you know, none of us knew him personally but we all felt like we did because of how we spoke and and just how he's influenced the game we all use stuff that he did oh, you know whether sure. you know it or not you're using something that he he brought to the game and made popular
0: absolutely yeah so coach this is kind of our opening kick what we kind of do is we just kind of introduce you and we're going to kind of let you give us a little bit of your coaching background and then we'll move on to a couple of questions that we have for you and and, you know we'll get started there so again this is coach Fiddler. he's the head football coach at Asher Ridge High School uh coach just kind of give us your
2: background and and kind of what you know what, what kind of got you where you're at now yeah so you know uh Le- I learned this in the last few years. My, my dad gave me some notebooks when I was a kid. I used to draw plays up when I was a kid. I have all these old notebooks. I actually keep in my office now just as a reminder that this is something I've always wanted to do. So when I was a student at USC, towards the end of my time, they were starting a club football team. So, you know, I see the ad in the, in the Daily Gamecock, club football. I do some research. So I'm like, wow, this is kind of a, a thing. Stuart Scott played at UNC, and UNC had a team, and Clemson had a team, and all these. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, so I, I emailed the guy running it, like, hey, you know, I'd like to meet, whatever I'm interested. So I was interested in playing, you know, getting back into it. You know, not, not good enough to play at USC, but I was like, you play club football, that'd be fun, you know, better in intramurals. Um, but then we were got to talking, I'm like, man, I always wanted to coach. If you're looking for coaches, I'd be glad to step up and do that, And you know, coach offense and like, hire. And I'm like, all right, cool. So <clears throat> end up being uh, being the offensive coordinator at for USC's club football team, not knowing anything of what to do, <laughs> not having a clue. Yeah. I look. I look back at that time, I'm like, man, I knew nothing. But we're out there having fun and, you know, coaching with peers and we ended up winning like a conference championship in the first year and all that club football stuff, it was fun. But parlayed that into, you know, everyone knows all these prep schools and everything they have around the Southeast and across the country now that, you know, where the kids go to a local community college or, and they, you know, play for this, this prep team that has a different name than the community college, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they started one in Columbia called Gray Military Academy. And, you know, on the staff was Corey Jenkins. Um, Phil Petty was originally on the staff, but he ended up leaving. And they replaced him with Hunter Spivey, who was a wide receiver coach at Coastal. You know, um, Trey Hurd was on the staff, Eric Selvin, all these guys who played, you know, big time college football or coach big time college football, Rod Lork, all these guys were on the staff. And I'm like, I want to do that. That's a great way to, you know, meet people and learn. And I learned so much football doing that. I realized how much I didn't know. and You know, it it was very Last Chance (laughs) U. Last Chance U, the kids stayed in local apartments. And I know some guys that coached me in that era listening to right now gamble for sure. They're going to be listening to this, and they're going to be like, yeah, it was. You know, so when I watched Last Chance U, I'm like, that was our experience. (laughs) So, um, but, you know, did that for two years. And then I was like, I want to try my hand to be an offensive coordinator again. So uh, looking around the Columbia areas where I was living, I I was doing grad school because I realized that maybe the college coaching dream, I need to have a backup plan. So I was like, I'm gonna go get my teacher certificate. So I went back to grad school at USC while doing the gray thing. And I got my um, master's of in teaching. So I was, I'm gonna go to high school route. So looking for OC jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Eau Claire in downtown Columbia, they were looking for one. So I went in, met with the head coach and I got the job. It was awesome. It was a great learning experience. I got to learn a lot about <clears throat> what it's like to work at a place with very few resources with kids who want to be successful and wanna work hard. So worked there, um, worked with, uh, Jermaine Dericot, who was the head coach at HKT right now, he was the DC. Maurice Oliver, who runs New Hope Collegiate, he was the wide receiver coach. Uh, the head coach was Tyrone Davis. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but I'm really thankful for the opportunity he gave me. And uh, ended up coaching a kid that went uh, to Howard to play wide receiver, so it was it was fun. It was a dip, totally different experience. Ended up being the soccer coach in the spring for boys and girls. Didn't know anything about soccer, but that's that's what they what they needed, so we did it, and it was a great great teaching experience as well. And then I decided it was time to get out of the Columbia area. And, and I wanted to go coach higher level football. Uh, so Calden County was looking, looking for someone. So I um, applied at Collin County and Chris Collins was the head coach. And he brought me down for an interview. And we sat there for like three hours, talk ball and just coaching and everything. And got the job there, was there for three years. Met my wife there the first year. She was a uh, Teach for America from kentucky she went to louisville and was down there um you know doing teach for america and we met first week of school and happily ever after here we are uh so was that college for three years we won five games twice which ain't done in forever and ain't done since you know went to the playoffs did a lot of great things while we were there in that tough region um then after that after those three years i was like all right now i could go coach somewhere else or you know whatever but walk them up. Someone from the Waccamaw search committee, when they were looking for a head coach, reached out. Hey, we're interested. Would you come sit down and talk with us, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So I went down there, interviewed. Um, You know, There's probably a lot of guys listening to this that did head coach interviews. There were 12 people on the the interview committee. It was insane. Jesus. It's like social studies. I can remember it. Social studies teacher, booster club member, teacher in the school, booster club member, assistant coach on staff, booster club member. I mean, on and on. I'm going around. Parent of player on the team. It was insane. And they all asked a question and I was like, man, is this what they're all like? And what I learned later is they're not, um, <laughs> but, but that's how that one was. And, you know, got through the first round and then I get a call. Like I was like, I ain't getting this job. It's got two weeks had passed. And then like a couple Sundays later, I get a call from their principal. We'd like you to come up again for a second round. I'm like, cool. So I go up on Valentine's day, 2017, sitting there with Dr. David Hamill, the principal. And he goes, if I offer you this job day. will you accept it? Yeah. Absolutely. And then we just keep going with the interview. I'm like, this is weird. And then finally, he looks at me and goes, if I offer you this job right now, are you going to accept it? I said, yes, sir. Boom, got the job right then. So, and then um, sliding back, I was the head boys soccer coach at Colleton County. Um, uh, Funny story, how I got that was, Coach Collins was the head coach of college, he was also the AD. So he's going around the coach's table after practice one day, like, all right, everyone here is going to coach another sport. I'm like, all right, cool. Extra money, more experience, whatever. First guy, he goes, what do you want to coach? He's like, I'll, I'll coach tennis. He's like, all right, cool. Next guy, I, I'll be assistant coach for baseball. Great. Comes to me. Said, I'll, I'll coach golf. He goes, cool. You're the soccer coach. I <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so what? Collins said, you're so anyways, later on, he's like, look, man, this is paying your dues, you know, it, um. Cam, the guy you work for, Jerry Brown, made Chris the soccer coach at Berkeley in the 90s when he was coaching there. Yeah. So he's like, this is how you're going to pay your dues. And he goes, you're going to learn how to be the head coach by being the head coach of soccer. I said, "Okay, you know, sure. So I went and bought FIFA to learn the rules (laughs) and positions. So so anyways, I did learn a lot. I learned how to schedule buses. I learned how to um, feed kids. I learned how to manage parents, parent meetings, you know, practice schedules, just all those things that you have to do as a head football coach i learned them on a much lower scale by being the head soccer coach for three years anyways um did that got got approved as the head football coach at walk during a soccer game went and answered a call mid-game <laughs> nice uh yeah what a moment we, uh, yeah it was it was a cool moment um then went to walk head coach there for three years you know uh, got there then went a game our first year won one our second lost four games you know in the fourth quarter you know, close, tight games, including a heartbreaker at Bishop England uh, when they scored with, like, two minutes left on a fourth and ten from their own five-yard line with no timeouts. So it was insane. Wow. Um, but then the next year, you know, we also lost to Carver's Bay 81-14 that year. Sheesh. Uh, it was 21-14 into the first quarter and 68-14 into the second quarter. Wow. Yeah, they were an excellent football team that year. But, anyways, the next year we played Carver's Bay our first game. We won 44 nothing. So, that off season, the the – the hard work and foundation we laid for two straight years clicked started and to pay off. Yeah. Y- yeah. We went seven to three in a regular season, which they had never done at the three, a level at walk went to the playoffs, got matched up with Dylan, which how does that happen when, you know, <laughs> usually, usually a team that gets matched up with Dylan finishes last in our region. We did not finish last in our right, region. Well, right. they get, they got beat that year uh, by Aner. So they dropped down. So we ended up, you know, those middle games and we got matched up with them. I'm like, dang, and they blew us out, uh, but, you know, after that, people took notice and, you know, some other jobs started calling, and, and here we are. Now we're at Ashley Ridge. Um, got to Ashley Ridge. They won three games here before I got there. Uh, my first year was the COVID year. We went two and six my first year. Lost uh, three games uh, by less than a score. Uh, I remember we played Cam and we played y'all at Berkeley. That was a blowout. <laughs> y'all scored on the first play. <laughs> but that, was, that was it. After that, every game was, was a barn burner or we won. And then the next year we went five and five, you know, and lost in double overtime in the playoffs to Kane Bay uh, on a, on a, they went for it on fourth down and we missed a tackle and the kid made it beat us to the, to the pylon. And then this year we went uh, seven, three in the regular season, then played Kane Bay in the first round again and got beat. So we can't get over the Kane Bay hump or, or the first round of the playoffs hump, but we're definitely, definitely trending in the right direction. And, and, you know, excited to see where we're going to continue to go there. So that's, that's my coaching background. Yeah, it's awesome, Coach. And
0: obviously, Coach Fields and I are sitting here. We've we've you know played against you, uh, you know when he was at Berkeley, when I was at Berkeley together, and then now he's at KM Bay. And I know he's got some probably some jabs he's going to throw at you at some point about no, all that no, stuff. Man. But It's
1: my first year there. No, I can't <laughs> do that. No,
0: but you know, Coach Fields and I, when you first got here, we even had the conversation. We went over for a JV game, I believe. Yeah. And we just noticed how the program was being run, and we were both impressed. And we hadn't even met you yet. So. Yeah. So, and I, that's kind of where we. I think it was that off-season we decided we want to come talk to you in the off-season mm-hmm. when we sat down with you for the first time. And, and you know, we appreciate you opening the doors and, and sitting down with oh, us yeah. and talking to us. So, you know, it, again, we, you got here, we didn't know you. You, you came in the first couple of years, and we've seen the progress that you've made. And obviously, you know, that's why we were really excited to get you on the episode tonight. so
2: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely a lot of logistical work and and uh, managing a phone calls of people to get you know, to get it out there, what they're talking about is we have our varsity, our JV, our B team, and our 12U, our 10U, our 8U, and our 6U all practice at the same place. Yeah. When, our vars- when our varsity, our J- JVs, we had two JVs this year, and our B team are walking off the practice field, our 12, 10s, 8s, and 6s are walking on. So everyone, you know, we, the full Ashy Ridge program practices out there, and, and we are definitely heavily involved in all that. And these guys came and sat with me on a Friday night till like 10 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, Yeah. we We just (laughs) – We talked ball and everything. That was fun. That was a good time. Our our significant
0: others were not too happy
2: about it because we were a little late for dinner, but it's it's all good now. not worried about that at the time. (laughs) Same here. Yeah. uh,
1: (laughs) I mean, even it started, you know, we would go over to Cane Bay for Mm 7-on-7, and Coach Fidd was at Wacombe at the time. And I remember just – we would end up, matched up or by the same field. And I'm like, this dude is out here by himself, just coaching every single one of these guys up, just getting after yeah. it in the summertime, yeah. you know? And oh, it yeah. finally just kind of led to us kind of reaching out and uh, getting together and, and talking some ball. And he just kind of opened up the doors for us. So yeah. um, one of the things that kind of got us to us doing this now, honestly. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, t- I took a different path. Some people wouldn't take a job like Eau Claire or Waccamaw or something like that. But I, I'm a firm believer, if you want to be an O.C., you want to be a head coach? You just got to go do it. Whoever yeah. will have you, you just got to go do it. Yeah. And some people are like, well, that's not a good job. If it was a good job, you wouldn't be getting it. Right. There you go. So you got to go do it. And you got to make it good.
0: Yeah. And so and we got a, you know, a lot of good stuff that we're going to ask you, and, and you're going to be able to you know, share a lot of stuff with us tonight. So uh, we'll kind of wrap up the opening kick, and then we'll move right into our first drive. All right. Fiddler here. Uh, and, Coach, you kind of talked about some of this stuff. We'll kind of jump right into some questions here. You know, you talked about when you were at USC and you know the club thing and everything. Was there an, another time maybe before that that you maybe thought that you know I might coach one day or something? What?
2: Was yeah, it? like I said, when I was a when I was a youngin, I used to draw plays up yeah. and I'd always evaluate. And I remember high school teammates being like, "We trust you," you know, because <laughs> I the way you know knowledge of the game, et cetera, or what I thought was knowledge of the game, right? Um, but I don't know. I guess I just always. You know, even sitting in the student section at USC or watching games on TV, I just saw it, I guess, from a coach's perspective. I'm like, man, what if they called this here, or this, that, and the other? Uh, a moment it clicked was uh, me and the roommates were sitting down, we're watching Texans and Dolphins, I want to say. And it was getting late in the game. And the Texans, I think Matt Schaub was their quarterback. I could be wrong on the, on the fine details, but I remember it was the Texans were on offense. They're driving to win the game. There's maybe 10 seconds left. They have a timeout. They're getting empty. And I want to say it's the Dolphins. It could have been the Rams. I don't know. But whoever they were playing, I assume it's the Dolphins. You know, they took all their back. I mean, they're playing straight, cover zero. You know, they got everyone emptied out. They got, you know, four, four down linemen. That's it. And I'm like, man, just run quarterback draw. He'll score. <laughs> so uh, listen, third. me too, Bubba. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. It's so, the same thing. So it's third down, and they run, you know, slant or slant out. You know, one of those goal line rub things. And, I'm, and they, you know, it's dang just run i'm yelling at the tv run quarterback draw da, da, da. <laughs> and then the next play they run quarterback draw and you know the pocket passer runs in untouched and i'm like man i just saw that and they executed it how cool yeah. is that you yeah. know so that that was kind of a moment i was like man, coaching would be fun i bet calling plays is easy just like every person <laughs> in the stands uh, yeah every person behind me on friday night uh, run it yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, then you throw it throw it to this guy cool yeah yeah it's funny because um, i'm
0: laughing at you coach but we've i mean that just that like situation we talked about you know, not long ago about yeah. you know backers out of the box i'm like just just run quarterback draw right here i'm, I'm counting numbers right. and everything and it's just funny because we kind of share that you know watching that it's like well i would just run quarterback draw right here i mean obviously it's easy to sit here and look at
2: stuff and say oh, this is what i would do like you're saying but that's just right. funny um and now go ahead coach and now it's, you know, now watching football, I'm sure the same for y'all, has evolved. Like, I'm watching, I'm like, look at the depth of the back. He's in front of the quarterback. It's yep. either pass pro or yeah. stretch, you know? Yep. You know, so it's just to see the evolution of as you learn ball and everything. Yeah. But that was definitely a moment in college. I was like, I really think I can do that, even though I really had no idea that I couldn't at that time. I had a lot to learn. Yeah. But, you know, and then, like I said, doing the club thing. And then um, when I was at Gray, I was helping kids, like, tutor and stuff. You know, they were trying to get their grades up so they could go to a four year school, and I said maybe I could be a high school teacher. You know, yeah, so that yeah. was that was also a moment too. You know, like man, I could do that, and that's I what, could put this whole it, thing
1: together. You know, I could yeah,
2: teach and, you and coach. Yeah. yeah, right, and that's what put me back in grad school, and then to the path we are on today. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, coach, so you, know, you talked about when you wanted to be a head coach and stuff like that. Think back to those, like during that time when you were, you know, going from an assistant to a coordinator to the head coach, and just think about maybe some of the best advice that someone gave you when you were coming up.
2: Perfect, yeah. So um, uh, the head coach at Hilton Head Prep, Dusty Etheridge, he was also coaching club and at Gray with me. I'm riding in a car with him and he was doing some student assistant work for Ellis Johnson at Carolina. He called Ellis and it was maybe a two minute phone call, but Ellis said to him, go get your teacher's certificate. That also motivated me to go back to grad school and get that. Mm -hmm. Well, that was huge. So my advice to other people is, Go get your teacher certificate. There's a lot of people who want to work in insurance or they want to do some other job. Well, there's always going to be a time that you're going to miss practice or something's going to happen. You're not going to be able to be there. You're not with the kids all day. Go get your teacher certificate, work in the school, right? And that's what you need to do. Even if you're a college coach, get your teacher certificate and have it as a backup plan because I have college guys every year send me resumes or call me looking for a job. And I'm like, I can get you a job as like ISS or something like that, but you're going to make 20 grand. I I can't accept that. I know you need to get your teacher certificate so you can make some real money and get you into school. Well, they don't have that because they go to grad school and they get, you know, whatever, recreation, sports management, whatever, whatever the degrees are. And if it's a college, if a head college coach listening on here, tell your players to get their teacher certificate if they're interested in coaching. Don't let them get in recreation, sports management. Um, uh, Also, really good advice I got solve problems for the head coach before they're a problem to him. There you go. And, and I learned that as an assistant, and that was one of the, one of the main things, like, oh there's a problem. Can I solve it before my head coach has to get there? And I, that has really helped prepare me to where I am today. And I have great assistants, and they do that. They, if they see a problem that they can solve, they get it done before it even gets to me, because I got enough problems on my plate. So that's, those two pieces of advice, I think, are, are really big ones that I received that have helped me, that I think would help a lot of other people as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like guys who don't get their teaching certificate at first, you just waste time. I mean, you waste years. Like if you're going to get into it, why waste the time? Start teaching and get in that retirement system now. And like you said, that you miss less time at practice doing that. I've been around some great volunteers at Cross and now at Cane Bay, some guys who can almost out coach me, but they live a different lifestyle and they can't be there every day. You know what I mean? It's, it's rough to see because you know what those guys could do if they had teaching and coaching, you know?
0: Yeah, well, and so that that was obviously my time that I spent with Coach Tannehill when he was at Union. That was one of the big issues with him in our school district was he didn't have his teaching certificate. So, you know, I mean, he held on for a little bit. Uh, You know, I think he – you know, it it probably drew more of a a drawback – from the community and, and stuff like that once they knew that, oh, he didn't have his teacher certificate and we're, you know, whatever. That may have happened. But yeah if he would have had it, things may have been different is what I, I guess I'm going at. So like you're saying, like, if you're interested in coaching, the easiest way for you to get involved is if you're going to go and, like, go to school and get that certificate so that it's easier for you to make your way in wherever you're going to go. So
2: Absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, what, what sucks about it is the semester of student teaching you got to do because you can't make no money. Absolutely. But it, pays off. Just suck it up and do it, and you'll thank yourself later. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Coach, so that's perfect. We'll, um, I, like you said, you hit on a lot of things that
0: we were going to ask. You You kind of talked about that in the opening opening kick part. So, we'll go ahead and close this first drive up, and we'll move on to our Cover 3 segment.
1: Here the not-so-scripted part. All right, these offensive guys we have on. We got another offensive guy on. hey Always just love to script everything. So, <laughs> our Cover 3 question here. Um, if someone could describe your coaching style or maybe your demeanor when coaching what three words would they use and we're very specific on three doesn't have to be three but this cover three section is we, we love three answers three words we're, we're three guys
2: well that's fine I'm a, I'm a rule follower so I got three <laughs> words for you all right so the first one I'd say is caring I think you know you got to show your kids all the time that you care about them and your coaches you know whatever, whatever that is you feel like you know, you need to do a little extra for them or you need to show them love in certain ways. You got to do that. And I, and I think knowing when to push those buttons is very important. You know, all of us could always get better at that. But, you know, we, you got to try your hardest all the time to care about kids. And I hear kids say that a lot. Like, man, you actually care about us. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, because that's important. So I'd say that's the first one. I'd say organized. I had, I was doing an exit interview with one of my coaches the other day. He fought in Vietnam. He goes... You're the most organized person I've ever met, and that includes the generals I fought for. Wow. (laughs) And I think that's the greatest compliment I may have ever received in my life. Um, So I was, like, taken back. I was like, you're not lying to me. He goes, no. He goes, I'm serious. He goes, it's unbelievable the amount of preparation that you put in. I'm doing the Junior Bowl for the high school blitz here. I already have the practice schedules done down to the minute. Like, which coach is in charge of which hotel room and which kids are in it? Like, et cetera. Yeah. He's got to be organized and detailed, everything planned out. And I told the guys coaching, you know, it's just the all-star game. It's for fun. I'm like, I want scripture every period. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, gonna, we're going to plan out exactly who's going to be on what part of the field and when, what equipment we need, et cetera. So anyways, uh, and then the last one's effort. I'm going to give you great effort all the time. I, you know, it takes what it takes is, is what my AD says. You know, That's our kind of our mantra with each other. It takes what it takes. And an idea of that is, a few weeks ago, we were going to the Northeast Georgia Upstate South Carolina Recruiting Fair in Commerce, Georgia, and I, and I make these books every year that have all our recruits in it with their, you know, their SATs, their transcripts, their right. core GPA worksheets, all that, profiles. <coughs> and they weren't done yet, and I just didn't see any time over the next few days I was going to be able to get them done. So, I came home, hung out with my wife and kid, put my kid down to sleep, drove up to school, and I was there till 1 in the morning making these books because it takes what it takes. It takes great effort to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. You know, not a lot of coaches are willing to do that type of stuff. I'm lucky that my wife is also a coach, and she understands that it takes what it takes. She's the head cheer coach here at Asher Ridge. Yeah. she had, They won the region. She was cheer co- region cheer coach of the year. So she got region coach of the year before I did. So, yeah, you can imagine when you walk down the halls of Asher Ridge who's called the real Coach Fiddler now. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it just, it takes what it takes. So, you know, I, I believe that wholeheartedly, so you'll always see me giving great effort because that's, that's it takes what it takes. So caring, organized effort, I'd say those are the three things that, that people would say about me and, and my work ethic and my coaching style.
1: And uh, just want to reiterate here that like he didn't say pin wizard. Um, he didn't say, you know what I mean? He, he didn't say the smartest guy in the room. The three things he said are things that we've kind of been preaching on this podcast as well. And uh, I think organized is a huge one, um, just from what he's shown us. You know, kind of sitting down with him, super organized, and that that takes a lot of headaches out as an assistant coach uh, wanting to work for somebody. If you're working for a guy who's organized and on top of it, man, you almost have that great feeling coming into work compared to a guy who's not as organized. And you're like, oh man, what kind of problems are we gonna have to deal with today that weren't, you know, weren't already planned out or scripted? So.
2: You know, and sometimes it's a burden for the assistant coaches. Like, for example, I, I split the team up into units. Um, and, you know, we have X amount of units on the team every year, and there's a, a leader for each one. While well, assign an assistant coach to each unit to help you that second step of accountability before it gets to me. So I say, hey, player leader of that unit, if you can't handle it, go to this uh, unit coach who's one of my assistants. So, you know, that's not something everyone signs up for to be a part, you know to not coach guys in your group because you might have three offensive linemen, two DBs, a wide receiver, a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. You know, you might have those, and those are guys you don't interact with all the time, but to me, that's important. I think we should interact with everybody on the team. All coaches should. I think that just builds a better trust between the whole staff. And also, it just builds better accountability. So, you know, sometimes it can be a burden being so organized or, or trying to be so organized. But yeah, like you said, it's not about being a pen wizard because there's millions of guys out there who no more bald than I do who can draw up better plays. And it's not about being the smartest guy in the room because if you're the smartest guy in the room as a head coach, you're not hiring the right people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: all, all good stuff. Coach. And so, you know, we've kind of – since we've been doing this a couple, I guess, episodes ago, I talked about some of the things. I've kind of refocused myself and, like, trying to, in the offseason, like, you know, read a little bit more and listen to some different podcasts and different things, watch some videos and stuff like that. And like what you're talking about the unit stuff, I, I'm I'm rereading Coach Urban Meyer's book, the, the Above the Line. Oh yeah, uh, and so and it talked about the units and the unit leaders and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it, you know it's, it's funny that you mentioned that stuff, but and I can we Coach Fields and I can both vouch for you. You know, like you said when we went and sat down with you, just the organization and you know just sitting there talking to you, we could kind of tell like you know it you're definitely an over-organized person instead of an under-organized person. And I would rather be around someone that's over-organized than under-organized. Yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, for sure. If you saw how the first 15 minutes of our practice went, you'd be like, your head would be spinning. My other coaches, they're like, it takes them three or four days to orient themselves. We do what we call December drills Mm -hmm. where we work on, we, we call it, you know, we work on the fundamentals, you know, ball security, tackling, you know, blocking, uh, create turnovers. And then special teams, indie are all built into that. And it's like a, Cause you know, these are the things we have to do to be, to play in December. So we call them December drills and it's just, this kid's here, then he's 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 here, then he's, here then he's here. Cause you know, it takes what it takes and we just want to make sure we get it done, but it, it's over <laughs> I'll be honest. No, I listen, trust me, if anybody's listening to this and if,
0: you know, you, you coach Filler will gladly open his doors. If you want to come check out some of his stuff like he showed it to us. Um, so he, he's more than happy to help and and to open himself up, you know, just to show some things that he does and, and different things like that. So, yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there, Coach.
2: Yep. Twitter, at Coach Fidler, F-I-D-L-E-R. Reach out to me.
0: Twitter. Coach Fields, you got anything before we move on? No, I think we're good, man. Get
2: ready for this two-minute drill. Here. Oh, yeah.
0: this no, You ain't ready man. for this, Coach. No, You're not I'm ready. I didn't right. get
1: the script for this one.
0: We'll close out this cover three, and we'll move right into the two-minute drill. Drill, because we've it's kind of been out of the episodes here. All yep. right. Yep. Uh, Special guest, Coach Filler, We're gonna we're gonna run him through the two minute drill here and, and see what he's got. So, Coach, I'll throw some questions. I, I throw a question out there. It's a A or B or you know something like that. You just shoot it right back at us. I'll, you'll right. answer first. Coach Fields will answer. I'll answer and then we'll keep going. All right. All right. You, let's do it. You ready? All right. Let's rock yeah. and roll. All right. First question: Turf or grass? Turf. Turf. Yeah, turf. All right. Beach or mountains? Beach. Mountains. Ooh, mountains. Alright, seafood or a barbecue? Seafood. Barbecue. Seafood. Uh honey mustard or ranch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> neither. Neither. Oh, Regular honey. Regular wow. honey. <laughs> wow. Honey mustard. Uh, um yeah, honey mustard. Alright. Favorite route against man coverage. Uh go ball. There you go. Slot fade. Sure, fade. Alright, take the ball or defer. Take the ball. Take the ball. Uh, see, I see. Li- I like, I'm Coach Hype will last four, first four. I'll take defer. <laughs> All right. On the field or up top, obviously, if you're calling the game. Calling the game. Not head coach. On the field, you got to be with your quarterback, feeling them out. Up top. Uh, I like on the field too. I'm with you there. All right. Bone in or boneless wings? Bone in. If you're
2: eating boneless, you're eating nuggets.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I'm eating nuggets, so we're going boneless, <laughs> baby.
0: Yeah, I'm a boneless type person too. All right. Signal or wristband? Signal. 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 All right, pancake or waffle? Waffle. Pancake. Oh, that's tough. Waffle. All right, tight end or H-back?
2: Tight end, baby.
0: Tight end. I like tight end, too. All right, last one, Coach. Athletic, O-line, or huge offensive line? Let's go huge. Athletic. Athletic. I like the athletic too. Yeah, yeah. So, coach, that was that was probably the smoothest two minute that we've kind of hit right there. I'm impressed, man. This cat's ready to go. I mean, we you weren't able to write down notes on your notepad for this one, and you were just ready to rock and roll.
2: Listen, I follow the rules, okay? (laughs) All right. If you came to my practice, you know we we practice a two minute drill for five minutes every week on Wednesday. There you
0: go. I love it. I love it. That's what I'm talking about. All right, sweet. So we'll we'll cut the two minute drill, and then we'll get into our air it out segment. All
1: right. Uh, Coach Willis and I's favorite section right here. That's right we're going to the air it out. So kind of our first topic on this air it out is for Coach Fitt, obviously, is going to be define what getting better in the off season means to you, yourself personally.
2: That's no, I think that's real simple. Strengthening your weaknesses. You know, um, I was doing that today actually during my planning period. I had a video up on from Glacier Drive about something that we need to improve as a football team. It's called beating Cane Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you're serious too aren't you coach are you serious or <laughs> no i i did have i did have a video up but you know um there'll be plenty of Kane bay studies that's game one next year but right now you know trying to trying to do different things to get playmakers of football that we got and just trying to you know, study that you know felt like we didn't get one of our guys the ball enough last year so just trying to learn how other people are getting players like him the football so strengthening your weaknesses i think is exactly what getting better in the off season should mean. You know, um, how how you do that is is a bunch of different ways. I'm sure we'll talk about all that going forward. But you know, just for example, like I said, Glazer Drive. You know, we our coaching staff has Glazer Drive. We have X and O Labs. We have all those things available to us that we've purchased, and you know, all our coaches have the ability to get on there and, and look up things that we need to get better at. Whether it's you know, defensively, we want to create more turnovers, so we got to figure out ways that other people that are really good at creating turnovers do. Uh, when I was at Waccamaw, we were just really bad at defense. You know, uh, Coach Fields said I was coaching everything. I was. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I was like, we, we need to have a system uh, to do this. So, uh, we, met, we went and met with uh, Nick Pelham, who's the head coach at White and now. who's D.C. at Dutch Fork. Went and met with him and learned that system. And then, guess what? We got much better at defense because we had a system and we took some of the ideas they had. We got better at stopping people, and then that trans transition, you know, over two years to a, a, a solid defense that we had um, at Waukegan, going into my, you know, my three years there. So you just find, you know, whatever your weaknesses are, and 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 go find people who do that really well, and go talk to them. You know, and a lot of people think that's going to colleges. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think. If you coach high school, you need to find the people at high school that do it really well. You need to go talk to them. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff that colleges, colleges have. Uh, and uh, a few years ago, after my first year at Waccamaw, I was like, man, I got an athlete. Can't throw the ball. I want to run the Wildcat. Well, who's the best team at the Wildcat then? University of Kentucky. So I went and visited the University of Kentucky. Great day. Appreciate Coach Grand, Coach Henshaw, Coach Stoops, those guys, they opened up the doors. I was there at 5.30 in the morning. They fed me breakfast. Got practice schedule. I got to be in the huddles with them. Got to sit there through their meetings till 3, 4 o'clock that day. It was amazing. But I drove all the way up there to learn that they use two words for Wildcat, Delta and United. That's it. Yeah. I, I drove up there for two words. They're like, it's the same place. We just say these this word or that word, and that gives us the change up. I said, man, this is amazing. So – But, you know, they choose their players. Right. Oh, absolutely. They they get to recruit their guys. They had uh, guys in the NFL still, Benny Snell, who was their running back, who was running the Wildcat. You know, they don't have to do anything crazy. I want to go talk to the high school coach who gets, you know, Joe Blow from math class and has to turn him into a football player, you know, to match up with their kid that's actually going to go play college football that's next to him. How do they make that work? That's what I want to
0: know. Now, Coach, so uh, kind of building on that, how do you go about doing, like if you got someone that you want to reach out to, I mean, are you just like emailing them? Like what do you normally do for, like if someone's interested in going to talk to somebody, how should they go about doing it?
2: Yeah, I, I, I am a cold emailer or cold DMer or anything. First thing I do is I do a lot of research to make sure it's what I really want to go do. I don't want to waste their time or mine. Yeah. Watch a lot of film, read as many articles as I can. I mean, I read articles about when they got hired at that job. I read, I go through like months of tweets like anything I can, the research, is this the person that I really want to get information from? Yeah. Um, and then like, like coach Pelham at Dutch fork, I just emailed him. And he emailed me back like a week later. I was like, yeah, you know, when are you free? And we went back and forth for a little bit. And then there we go. Now went up there and visited. So, you know, if it's somebody, you know, you can text them or something like that, or you can, maybe if it's someone, a friend might know. Friend of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of a friend, you can get their phone number. Um, there was a school in Georgia that was doing some really good under center twelve personnel stuff I saw. So I reached out to their coaching staff, and they got back to me. But then we the conversation kind of died, so I never really got out there to visit them. So you know you're going to get some of that too, but you'll get stuff that where coaches will, you know, open their doors and and be good with it. So you know like like us, you know, Coach Fields came and visited with our defensive staff. You yeah. know, it, it's just it. it we're we're willing to be open we're willing to be open and help people because I know how many people have helped me and our staff along the way so there's no reason not to be open and share information and you don't have to share the specifics of what you call a play sure but you can share what the play is or what the drill is or what how you game plan whatever it is yeah and that's kind of the things
0: we've kind of talked about the worst someone can say is no i don't have time okay then you just move on to the next guy is Right, i mean right you know and that's that was, that was kind of cuz you kind of went into the you know talking to other people and like you said a lot of people think you know colleges are clinics so that's kind of my and we're kind of I'm kind of going off script a little bit here but how much do you value like uh coaches clinics
2: um I I do value them because I think one they're a great networking opportunity yes I think I think people undervalue that they go there and they literally walk in with their notebook walk past every vendor walk past every circle of people talking and they go just sit down yeah and they just and they take notes that's great that's great. That's what you're supposed to be there for. But don't undervalue the vendors. Yeah. Right? There's, you know, you might be assistant coach who can't make no decisions, but go learn about stuff because someday you won't be an assistant coach. Someday you'll be a head coach. And you want to know in your mind what you want to get and what you want to do and yeah. how you want to spend your money and how you want to build your program through whether it's, I'm going to be a Nike school or Adidas, right? That's that's the basic one. Or do I want to go buy the go Route system, right? Which sideline replay system I want to use? Like we use GameStrat. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. Free plug for them. Okay. Yeah. You know, that because I learned about them over the years and then we went with them and it's been amazing. You know, so so go to the vendors. Walk up to people and just introduce yourself. You know, that's really weird sometimes. Yeah. But it can be it can be awkward. But (coughs) if you value someone or you you know, hey, I'd like to work for this guy someday, or I'd, you know, like to go learn from this guy someday, you should introduce yourself first and just say, Hey, I'm such and such. I used to do that when I was younger, you know, young guy. Hey, hey, I um, I've worked with so and so, and they worked with you in the past. i they speak highly of you, just want to introduce myself. Yeah, yeah cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Absolutely. So there's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And that's just great network working opportunities. And sometimes those guys will stop and talk. I went to the AFCA clinic, 2013 or something like that, 12. That no, was it. Was before 13. It was like 11, 12 when Cliff Kingsbury was getting hired at Texas Tech. Is when it was. I just went. The coaches started talking to him like. This guy's famous. I'm going to go talk to him. You know, <laughs> you know, this guy, this guy's a good coach. The um, Bob Stitt, Colorado School of the Minds, talked to me for like 30 minutes. He didn't have to, but he, then he gave me his card so he'd come out to spring practice if you want. Well, I couldn't afford to get to Colorado, but I right. wish I could have. Yeah, Because he's, he's a good football coach and, you know, he built a great program there. they playing for the national championship this weekend. I know he's not there anymore, but, you know, he kind of built the foundation for that going forward. So, you know, just go, you know, Use the clinic for more than just learning. It is about learning, and that's very important. That's yeah. obviously the nuts and bolts of the clinic. But, but go speak to vendors. You know, create plans for yourself when you become a head coach, how you want to do certain things and the people you want to use for that. Create those relationships with those, those vendors, et cetera. And then maybe you might find something good, take it to your head coach and say, hey, I'd like to use this. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm in. All right, and then two, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to speak to people. Yeah. Don't be afraid to introduce yourself. It might be a quick 10-second thing or – Or it might be a 30-minute conversation with a good college football coach or something like that, and then they give you time. Absolutely, Coach. And
0: so, quick little – I remember when we came to see you, you were showing us all these notebooks you had. Just a little spinoff here. How many notebooks do you think you have from Mm. coaching clinics in the past or just from sitting down with people? Oh, my gosh. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Um, I keep – Everything.
2: I go through one of those, like, yellow notebooks. I go through one of those probably every four months. Yep. And and in season it's it's in season notes. Now it'll be clinic notes, yep. and then in the summer it'll be preparation for the season. So like yep. I'm just ripping through those things. So you know, 14 years of coaching, you know, three of those, three, four of those a year. I mean, we're talking 50. You know?
0: So so the real question is, how often do you go
2: back and look at those? Like, do you oh, go back ooh. and check them out? Yeah. Or yeah. funny, if I could share my screen, I'd show you when I leave a clinic if I liked what I heard. I, I have a Google Doc that I put those notes yep. in. I regurgitate them back into a Google Doc so I can find them all in one place. Yeah. Gotcha. And that, that Google Doc is forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's no, awesome stuff. Yeah, you because know, you go to the clinic and sometimes you're just writing stuff as fast as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what are you going to do? Just go back in a couple weeks and look at it or whatever? Well, when you get back from the clinic, just put it all down and just start typing it. You know, that's what I do. I type it into a Google Doc. I can clean it up, make the bullet points. Cause you know, sometimes you're listening to them talk and you think you're making a bullet point, but you're like, oh crap, seven more bullet points down, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's a sub sub subject of that one. Da, 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 da. So then you can clean it up, make it, you know, look nice, organized, and then it's there and then you can just hit control find. Yeah. Hey, I want to learn about, all right, what did, what did James Franklin speak about? Bam. Boom. Yeah. What did, you know, what did this guy speak about? Bam, bam. Oh man, I learned something about the curl flat once. I bring that up because the Spurrier, Steve Spurrier Jr. did a curl flat presentation once that the high school coaches talk about as the worst presentation of all time. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, this wasn't a good play call here, but we had Alshon Jeffrey, so." <laughs> yeah, we've we've experienced some uh,
0: some stuff like that too that we've talked about in the past. So, uh, I'm with you there. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So, kind of circling back a little bit, Coach, because I, I kind of asked that because I know you've you've been. I, I remember you showing us all those notepads and stuff like that that you kept. So, just think back like when you were, I guess first into the coaching ranks, what were some of the things that you tried to do then to improve in the offseason?
2: Yeah, um, when I was first getting in, it was actually attending the clinics. Now yeah. now that I'm older, have a kid, wife, you know, more responsibilities at home. It's more reading books, like you said. You know, one book every coach should read is The Winner's Manual yes. by Jim Trestle. Yep. If, you haven't, if you haven't read that one yet, that's the one you need to read. Um, and then, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about the um, New Zealand All Blacks um, Le- legacy. I think it's called Legacy okay. uh, about the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. If you ain't that run, that's the greatest leadership book I've ever read. Um, so those two books put on your 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 uh, list if you haven't already. Uh, online clinics now that I'm older, and you know phone calls with other coaches. You know, I I did a presentation about the Bryles vertical choice stuff. I kind of adapted it for high school years yeah. ago, and people. I still I got a call two weeks ago from somebody. Uh, man, I found your PowerPoint on this. You know, can we talk about a school in Pennsylvania? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? So those phone calls now are definitely, you know, and not just, you know, someone call me, me calling other people. It's just better to now that I have kids. But when I was younger, like I said, it was going to clinics. It was going to as many high schools or college practices or whatever as possible to, to go see stuff. But now that I have a kid and a wife and stuff, there's more responsibilities at home. You know, more people counting on me. Therefore it's, there's more stuff at the house or stuff that I do during my planning period, et cetera, to get better. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you still go to clinics and all that, but you know, and, and still go visit high schools, just not as much yeah. or as, you know, not on the road as much doing that as, as, as you were pre, you know. Yeah. Well, and wife, the good, and
0: yeah. And the good thing now is like you talk about, there are video clinics and there are different things that you can do yeah. and get into where you don't have to travel as
2: much. So yeah, it's I mean, kind of less excuses
1: overall. Yeah, for sure. You know,
2: Exactly. Absolutely, there are less excuses now. You yeah. know That's absolutely true.
1: I mean there's podcasts. I mean just plug one yeah, right now. There's, like, there's a there's a YCA yeah. podcast. Literally on your yeah, way that, to work he, in the morning.
2: That's right. That you know, and that's you know, my defensive coordinator does that. he be like hey did you listen to this you no know, this Parker resources or this. Yes. You know, yeah, we're um, a huge Parker
1: guys. Run you
2: know, run that. run run vast option yeah. or bring Yeah. Um I like the AFCA one, you know, and um what's the coaching coordinator's good? You know, there's a right. lot of great the coaching coordinator one, there was one I listen After my first year at Waccamaw, I was really into the coaching coordinator one, Keith Grabowski. And he talked to a small school coach out of Delaware. And this guy was having a lot of success. I'm like, well, I coach at Waccamaw. It's a small school, 900 kids. But let's hear what he has to say. He said, I believe in playing kids one way. He said, I only have 35 kids in my house where every kid plays one way. And he went into oh, wow. it. And, and his, his advice was, it was really good. And this is another thing I think helped us be successful at Waccamaw was. He said... If you have a, a B plus player, if you play him both ways, by the end of the game, he's gonna be a C minus player. Yeah. So he said if he's a B plus player on offense, a B minus on defense, keep him on offense. And if his replacement on defense is a C and not a B minus, you can live with that because he'll still be a C at the end of the game, while your other kid would be a, a C minus. But if you need him to come in later and, you know, you know and like a you know a big moment to step in and play that position he can but you're saving kids and then he brought up a bigger point he's like it gets more kids involved makes more kids want to play for you makes um you can have deeper game plans when kids are playing two ways your game plans can't be as deep oh yeah yeah i was like man that's really good advice so then we implemented that and lo and behold it was it was a successful model and all the things he said would come true did more kids came out for football we were able to be deeper in the game plan so on and so forth yep coach fields
1: I mean, really, a lot of great answers, but I'm going to circle back. I'm going to go back to kind of the first thing you said, strengthen your weaknesses. Um, I think that's something that people don't do enough is self-evaluation, which is something we've talked about with some other guys and some other people, is you've got to be honest with yourself first in the offseason. Oh, yeah. You know, when, whenever you get done with that decompression, you've got to find out what your own weaknesses are and then attack those weaknesses, you know. I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people do that enough.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, as a head coach, you're going to find out your weaknesses real quick when you do your um, off-season exit interviews with your coaches. Because one of my questions is, what do I need to do to improve as a head coach? Well, they lay it out. Right. So I'm going to I'm gonna find out my weaknesses real quick with it, what what my coaches think is my weakness. So I'm yeah. going, all right, that's why I got to improve. Uh, when you're an assistant, it might be, I've only ever coached running backs. Your weakness might be, I don't know O-line. Well, go learn how, go learn how to coach O-line. It might be, well, I've coached O-line. I've coached tight ends. I've. Did quarterback, you know, you might have done a bunch of. Well, I don't know defense. Go learn defense. Right. You know that might be what the weakness is. It might not be something specific that has to do with your job. But there's nothing wrong with going out and learning other things because you never know when you're going to do a different job. Like my defensive coordinator, coach offensive line for Jerry Brown at Berkeley in the '90s, and now he's a DC. And those days of him calling offense and being an offensive coordinator at Wando and calling offense at Lake or at this place or that, you know, whatever his job. Loris has prepared him for his DC role he's doing now and he's doing a heck of a job because we've had one of the better defenses in the state in the last two years. So and that and you should see how the game plan that's where that and that's where that pays off. So strengthening your weaknesses can be done in a lot of ways. Um, self evaluation is the first key. What am I not good at? What do other people think I'm weak at? You know, you and that that takes a lot of guts to ask people to tell you what you're, you know, how you can improve. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I kind of cringe, when you know, I have the coaches fill out a Google form cause, or um, a Microsoft form were a Microsoft school. So they fill it out and I kind of cringe when I'm scrolling and reading their thing. Like, man, what are they going <laughs> to say about me? You know, cause that's, cause you don't know what they're going to say to me. You suck. You know what I mean? But, well, I mean, you know, you it's it. an
1: awkward situation for both parties, honestly. I mean, yeah, you got guys to be honest, but especially if you're a younger guy, don't be afraid to be honest in that exit interview to to your head coach, you know what I mean? Okay. He wants to hear it. You got a guy right here right now you're listening to.
2: He wants to hear it. You wouldn't ask a question if you didn't want to hear it. Right. That's right. That's why I asked a question so I get the answer so I know how we got to improve in the off season to make our program better. Yeah. Well, I, I cuz I was talking about the another thing that I just read
0: the other day was uh in the the Above the Line book by Urban Meyer. He's talking about run towards problems don't avoid them because if you avoid them they're not going to get any better so yep. and that's kind of what yep. you're talking about like let me figure out what they think are the issues and let's try to find a way to to marry that up and make it make it right so that's
2: right that's right
0: yeah that's good stuff so and, and coach so i guess kind of the next thing is you've you've been an assistant you've been a coordinator you've been a head coach talk about some of the big differences as far as trying to improve in the off se- off season as compared from an assistant coordinator to a head coach like what's the differences
2: Uh, Being an assistant, 100% of your job is football. Being a head coach, 15% of your job is football. What I mean by football, I mean calling plays and game planning and coaching your position group. 85% 85 of your job is parents. It's dealing with administrators. It's dealing with media. It's um, player discipline. That's a hard one. You yeah, know, a lot. A lot of assistants have great ideas about how discipline should be handled, but they're not the ones that have to sit in the meeting.
1: Just kick them off. Just kick them yeah. off. Yeah. You
2: know, how many t- you know how many times I hear "just kick them off"? <laughs> yeah. Just kick them I'm off, like, coach. We're tired of them. Just kick them off. Yeah. If I if I kick him off, I'm the ones that have to sit in that meeting with the parent and the administrator, and then the administrator is going to tell me to put him back on because I didn't have a reason to kick him off. Yeah. Based on the player parent contract that we had had them sign, well, now the kid's back on, and now you're going to be more miserable. Yep. And the team and the program is going to be worse. So yep. it's, uh, it's, you know, it's 15% football as a head coach, not a hundred percent, like it is being an assistant. So it, it's definitely a tough job. You gotta be, you gotta want to do it. You know, uh, a lot of guys I know are like, I'm just happy being an assistant. Cause I see all the stuff you go through. <laughs> sure. Yeah. you No, know, but I, 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 enjoy being a head coach. I, it's fun. It's, you know, it, I like the you know, organization and, and all those things. And, um, but it's, it's, um, it's definitely different. You know, it, it you you gotta make sure you have plans for different things and and i i just get when it's football coaching time i just get relieved i'm like this is the fun part of my job yes you know know how many times during fourth period the football class is lifting and i like to be in there with them but heck i'm tracking down three teachers to figure out what's going on with these kids grades because you know something we do in our program is if you're failing you sit yeah yeah we sat 40 some kids this year from games um In between varsity and our two JV teams for their grades. Yeah. Um, our la- our senior night, we sat two seniors for their grades. Ooh. That's 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 a tough. That's yeah, tough. To tough. Yeah. But, but we lay out the plan and the expectations at the beginning of the year, and the parent, the player, and the coach sign it and come to an agreement. This is what we're going to do. Yep. You know, and like you know, my you know, kid A might be failing a class. I go to the teacher. Well, you know, it's because he did bad on the test, but he's turning all his work. Okay, that's fine. He can still play. He's not like he's not turning in work and sleeping in class. He's trying. He just not a good test taker. Right. Yeah. You know, right. That that's that's different. The kids you got to punish are, you know, the kids that are failing classes, etc. Kids are,
1: that are being dicks in the classroom. Let's just call it what it is. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. You know? Not, you know,
2: not not living up to their expectations right. as a student. Um, so... You, you know, you got to go deal with the teachers during the fourth period, or you might have to You get caught up front because, you know, such and such kid got in a fight third period or gotten caught with this during the third period. So you got to go handle that. And it's like, when that finally gets done, I get to go to the offensive meeting room or go speak to the team before we split off into the meeting room. It's like, yes, football. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, a, you got, a lot of people, and I've heard it from other podcasts, they think that being a head coach is, oh, you're just going to coach more football. And, and everyone has pretty much said you coach less football as a head coach than you do anything else. So, yep, yeah, you're, you're spot on right there. So kind of talk about – right, go back to your coordinator time. What's kind of the difference there? Like difference between coordinator, head coach, or coordinator, assistant coach? Yeah.
2: Well, when you're a coordinator, you got to answer to the head coach about certain things. When well, yeah. you're the head coach, they answer to you or you are the one making the decision, so it all lies on you. <laughs> like when coach when I was offensive coordinator for coach Collins every Sunday had to present the game plan to him. And then he would bring up scenarios. Well, have you we thought about this? Have you thought about this? Well, what if this happens? And then on um, Wednesday night, we'd all go eat dinner. Me, coach Collins and offensive staff, we'd go after practice and we'd sit down and finalize the call sheet. He was in charge. That's what he wanted to do. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, the, the record is attributed to him not me so i'm going to do exactly what the head coach is telling me to do because at the end of the day it's his butt that's on the line you know obviously mine is too but if i'm doing what i'm supposed to the the buck stops with him so um you know now as a head coach it's the same deal but now i'm the decision maker so i got to make sure i'm putting us in the best position possible cuz i'm you know it's on it's on me the head, the the record uh, is attached to me not any of the assistants, not the coordinators, et cetera. So I think that's the big difference. As the coordinator, assistant, you know, as the assistant, you're answering to the coordinator and the head coach. When you're the coordinator, answer to the head coach. When you're when you're the head coach, you're the answer. So you gotta make sure that you're you know, you're properly leading everybody, especially when it comes, you know, football wise, to make sure everyone's put in the right positions, game plan wise, scheme wise, what you wanna do, how you wanna utilize your talent, et cetera.
0: Yes, and so you talked about when you were a head coach, when you finish the season, you're talking about looking back and trying to to, you know, focus on your weaknesses and make them strengths. As a coordinator, did you – I mean, obviously it had to be kind of the same deal. You know, you want to see what y'all did. But kind of tell us, like, when you were done with the season as a coordinator, what was your main focus going into that offseason? Yeah, what did,
1: what did you jump into in the offseason? Uh, well, the first
2: thing, and I still do is because I call offense for us, is is you – I make sure every place typed in a huddle and you do all those breakdowns. And then what I do is I organize playlists by – Gap schemes, zone schemes, you know, vertical balls, play actions, you know, quicks, et cetera, et cetera. And I figure out, all right, how many yards per play did we get? I count penalties in that. You know, if you're throwing a vertical ball and you've gotten five pass interference on obviously you're doing something there. Yeah. So, so that counts with right. it. Or if you're getting, if you're getting holding calls, something's happening there. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it maybe, you know, if you're running stretch and you're getting a bunch of holding calls on it, obviously maybe your offensive line is not good enough to run that play they're getting beat across their face or whatever or if you're doing three step pass game out of the gun it your offensive line ain't good enough to to protect for that long that's why you're getting holding calls or sacks or whatever it might be so yeah. I, I i include penalties uh in, in that as well but i find out okay here's the you know five things we were best at here's the five things we were worst at all right why were we really good at these things why were we really was it that we had an exceptional wide receiver that could take the top off? Was it because we had a senior-laden offensive line that created gaps and moved people around and we were able to just fit through? Um, why were we really bad at these things? Did we not have a quarterback with a strong enough arm? Um, were we too one-dimensional because of this reason or that reason? You know, Evaluate that. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, go say, okay, what do we have coming back next year? How can we, how can we use this data I just found to start planning out next year? And then once you figure out what you want to start playing out for next year, then you can start figuring out, all right, what new stuff do you want to do? What do you want to get better at? And that's when you can start setting up your improvements for the offseason. Who you want to go visit with, what clinics you want to go to, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, that, that's some really good stuff right there, Coach. I mean, it's – yeah, you, you played it out pretty perfectly there. And, uh, you know, obviously I hope, you know, people that are listening to this, they're going to – they got a lot of stuff that they can listen to and take from this. But, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of that is – it's pretty spot on. And, you know, we've talked to different people. They've said some similar things, some different things. And, you know, uh, just trying to give people an avenue to kind of go and listen to and, and kind of create their own way, you know, so that, that's some good stuff. Uh, real quick, we're going to take a small break and we got one last question for you in this segment.
1: All right. it is going to be kind of a summary question. want to wrap it up here with something good, but what's the best advice you could give someone who is looking to constantly improve, not necessarily, um, at a certain role kind of any role as a coach how do you constantly improve?
2: I think the best piece of advice I can get is just, is just me kind of taking what I've already said and just spinning it to a more direct way seek out people you think do what you want to learn really well yep. if you want to learn how to organize practice find someone you think that organizes a great practice if you want to learn someone who runs you know inside zone really well go seek out or you want to learn about inside zone go seek out someone who runs inside zone really well if you want to you know, learn how to improve your speed program and your strength program. Go seek out people who do that really well in your opinion. And that's that's who, where you need to go. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier. You know, you said, well, what if someone shut you out? Well, odds are, you know, let's say you reach out. I reach out to Coach Willis here because he, you know, does spread no huddle really well. Okay, I want to learn about that. Well, he's like, ah, I'm not going to teach it. But there's probably somebody who worked with him. <laughs> yeah. That's out there. Absolutely. So I'm going go to go find that. That's That's my next... My next step, I'm going to go find that person and see if they'll speak to me Yeah, and learn from it, you know? So that'd be my best advice. Um, uh, I'm going to throw this in there. Uh, I'm the committee chair on the South Carolina Football Coaches Association for the for a new thing that we're starting this summer. It's called the uh, under, uh, 35 and Under Coaches Academy. Uh, when I was a few, uh, 2019, I was selected for the AFCA 35 under 35. Um, 35 under 35. Coaches Academy. Uh, it was in San Antonio at the Coaches Clinic. It was amazing. I was way out of my league. It was at, just at my table was Villanova, Baylor, Penn State, me, and Texas A and M. So, I, coaches. So I was way out of my league being in that in that room. Um, but I learned so much from it, and I'm seeing other states that are doing these 3,535 35 type deals for their their high school coaches association. So I took it to Jimmy Noonan, our executive director of our coach association, and said, "Hey, is there a way that?" We could do something like that. He goes, "Yep, you can. You can organize it." I said, "Oh, okay." So uh, we're putting that together. Uh, we're gonna have some great speakers, some great topics, just like how to be a great assistant or how to be you know the best coach you are where you are. Um, bring in like vendors to talk about how to order from vendors. You know, just different things that people want to hear about. You know, you go to clinics and you hear the same inside zone talk every time. You hear the same. Right. You hear the same. You know, culture of the UNC Charlotte program talk. You know what I mean? You hear that all the same stuff every time with these all sports clinics and these uh, coach association clinics, we're going to bring this in with more specific topics that people really want to hear about. So um, look for that in late January, early February, we're going to send out information on how coaches can apply to be a part of that. Yeah. We'll so take,
0: go ahead. I'm sorry. coach.
2: We'll probably take, you know, a dozen guys this year and this every year, it, it'll become a, 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 an annual thing. It'll be trying to make it like a real prestigious thing, important that you want to be a part of. And it's sure. great. It'll be a great way to build relationships with other guys that are young. And we're all going to be coming up together.
0: Yeah, so I got two things about that. For one, so we haven't talked about it, Coach. Tell everyone how old you are because obviously you've been a head coach for a little while now, and we haven't even mentioned yep. that part yet. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've been head coach six years. I'm 35.
0: There you go. So now my next thing is you're doing this 35 and under thing. You're 35. <laughs> I'm about to be 34. I'm not going to be able to be a part of that if you're going to do a 35 and under thing. So how's that is work? Is there a
1: waiver? You're, is there a waiver? You're, you're a, get grandfathered
0: you're, in? Aren't you under 35? Yeah, now. But what happens when yeah. I turn 36?
2: Yeah, well, the reason it's 35 and under is because we really want to try to focus on the young coaches. You know, a lot of the older coaches are complaining about, you know, the young coaches' work ethic, and I'll be one of them because, you know, I, I don't know what it is, if it's Gen Z or what. You know, I, I know I'm a millennial, so I can't complain too much about Gen Z, but it's like I had a guy come work that was, like, right out of college. Play, just play, he played at a, a Division One school, came to work for us, got my job as an aide in the school, was doing coaching a position doing a great job. But then it was like in the school building. He was just like, oh, "I'm not, I'm not showing up today. will call nobody." You know, we're out of practice. It and some of my coaches on staff are gonna listen to this. They're gonna laugh when I say this. It's seven o'clock. We're doing Iron Curtain on a game night on a Friday night, and he's nowhere to be found. Wow. And it's <laughs> we've, like
1: we've got stories like that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, like we won't what, go is into ha- it, what is that? What
0: is happening?
2: Like you know, I, and maybe I'm oblivious when I was a younger coach because I would never. Never Hell no. considered no. anything like that? Maybe Hell maybe no. that stuff was happening, but yeah. I know a lot of the older coaches around our state are complaining about some of the new people they're trying to hire and their work ethics and they're, you know, they don't know how to paint a field or they don't know how to do this. So we're trying to focus on really building up that that that, that young crew. So you got to have some sort of you got to have some sort of standard to be in yes. it. Yes. So that's why thirty five and under came about, and the reason thirty five was chosen because that's what the, the national organization is as their age. Right. So it's just a continuation off of that. Just to apply to our state, gotcha. Yeah, I was just
0: kind of giving you a hard time there because I mean, you're obviously about to be over 35 yourself, so yeah, does that mean you're out when, when that happens too? Or <laughs> no, I, I'm just going I'm he's gonna, the I, director, okay, he's the uh, press, uh, uh, all right.
2: No, I'm just gonna make sure it's he's organized it. every year. I,
0: I feel like we can do a partnership here, the 35 and with hey, the Young Coaches Association. I mean, that you know. uh,
2: and I said that to Fields. I, I then, I, if I'm not mistaken, I te- uh, texted you and said, Hey, we're doing this um it's getting ready to get announced we had actually announced it on friday at the uh head coaches meeting at the um before the north south game in myrtle beach so i'd stand up and speak about it so and i've already had you know 15 or 20 coaches reach out to me hey can i get my guy in can i do this and the other i said we'll send it all out it's gonna be you know it's it we're gonna there's a committee of guys that are part of the coaches association now, board members, et cetera, that are going to choose the guys that are going to get chosen, you know, be a part of this every year. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it, it, I'm glad that people are interested and want to be a part of it already, because that means it's, it, it's, it, it should be good.
0: Yeah. Well, once, once everything comes out, especially if it, if it's on Twitter, you know, let us know. We'll, we'll shoot it, it out be. there too. So we'll, we'll spread yep. them. That's what we're trying to do here. So essentially the same stuff, just yeah, a different absolutely. Avenue, I guess. So, yeah.
2: you know, we yeah. definitely want to help where we can for sure. And look, I plan on doing this a long time. You know, I, you, know you look at McKissick did to his 80s and all those guys. And, and I, I just can't, I don't have any hobbies in my life. Like I literally <laughs> co- coach football and hang out with my family. That's all I do. Uh, so I, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So I always say I'm just going to die on the, on the football field. So I want to do this for a while. So training up these young coaches is important because that's the guys, that's the only guys that are going to be left in, you know, you know 30 years. So yeah, the guys that are younger than me. So that's it's it's important to get these guys trained up and rolling and, and really invest in this younger generation. Get your teacher certificate. That's right. Absolutely. Coach Fields, I'm
1: I think we roll ahead into overtime, guys. Yeah. Um let's just go ahead. Let's not even stop oh, okay. it. Let's we're going we're gonna, going. So we're
0: going to jump into overtime now. We'll just go ahead and roll into it. Coach, you good? Yeah, I'm ready. All let's right. Let's do it. What you so overtime essentially is is a time for if you want to revisit a topic, or if our guest obviously is Coach Fiddler, uh, Ashley Ridge, head football coach. If you got something you want to talk about, you want to ask us, now is kind of your time, coach.
2: If so, I'm gonna kind of pass it over to you. Yep, I got one question. Okay, all right. You guys are both assistants, you guys have been coordinators, you know, you guys understand this. So, what do you want? You know, this is about offseason improvement, this whole podcast. So, right. what do you? What do you want your head coach doing into off season to get better? Ooh, ooh, okay, there you go. that's kind of off script. So hey,
1: there we go. Oh, here's the non-scripted. Are you you defensive guys him first? always got to go first. Right, well, go ahead. You know I,
0: mean? I, I defer anyway. So, so
1: first of all, I think this is something people don't talk about a lot, but that exit interview is a big deal. Um, if your head coach isn't doing that, it's kind of scary. First of all, um, I want a little bit of communication. And right when that season ends, uh, Coach Zera did his pretty quick while everything was still fresh. And I want my head coach to be honest with me in the offseason. Um, that will help me get to what my weaknesses are. You know what I mean? So that's, that's something. I want him to be honest with me in that exit interview. I want that kind of quick after the season. Um, I don't want two months of us not really being around each other that much other than maybe four o'clock compared to when we were with each other every day six days at least out the week, you know? So being honest yep. with me as an assistant I think is huge because then I know kind of what my weaknesses are or maybe he can confirm those weaknesses to me, you know? Yep. So I think that's a huge one to me is is being honest with me. Um, and that, that could, in another way, be caring about me too. Like, be honest with me. Think, you know, if my goal is to be a head coach one day, be honest with me and, and be like, dude, you want to be a head coach, but you did this, 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 and this during the season? and you want to get to where I am now, that's not going to work, you know? Right. Or we just talked about young coaches not working as hard. Well, if you've got a guy – if you're a head coach and you've got a guy that you think may be a dude one day in 20 years, you don't have to boost him up every second of the day. But in the offseason, kind of let that guy know you need to get after it, bro, or you need to work on this, or you need to coach a second sport. Or I think that's a big one to me is be honest with me
2: first, you know, at, yeah. personally. You break. You bring up the second sport thing, you know, a little off script here. I think being the head soccer coach for four years between Eau Claire and Colton was big for me and where in being organized and being prepared as a head football coach. So if, if you have the opportunity to coach a tennis, a golf, a soccer, a track, anything like basketball, JV basketball, anything you need to take advantage of It that's a chance for you to kind of build some of those systems in place. You're talking about exit interviews. Um, you know, some coaches will say, if you're having exit interviews, it means you ain't solving problems when they come available. And I would agree with that. You can need to be constantly solving problems if they're immediate. But there's some things that at the end of the year are kind of, you know, glaring or um, uh, overarching things that you can't really solve mid-season or at or the moment. Or even so, nitpicky things. I mean, yeah, I'll sure. be honest
1: with you with Coach Zare, mine mine was super nitpicky. Just things that I've seen are maybe done at other programs that we haven't done at Cane Bay yet. So it was a chance to be – really nitpicky in the things that i think can help us but we don't have time during the season to talk about it you know or it's right. not something that we can change during the season
2: yeah and i, I like to do my ex interviews you know a few weeks after like this year you all beat us in the first in the, in the first week of november so i did mine after thanksgiving because i want the emotion taken out of it and let's get to real information you know because yeah. You do it the week after you lose in the playoffs. It's emotional. Like you know, some of the things said are right. You know, one, People need one way a or decompression. the
1: decompression. Yeah, yeah. People need the yeah. decompression. So when I yeah. yes, when I say right away, I don't mean twenty four hours after for sure. But.
2: Yeah. Let's 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 get let's give it two weeks. Yeah. And then hey, here's the let, right now. Let's focus on the kids. They're hurt. You know, you have 20, 30 kids who never play football again. Never let's put focus pads on, on them. them. Yeah. Yep. So let's focus on them. Let's focus on getting everything cleaned up, inventory, et cetera, et cetera. And then when that's done, let's take a deep breath. Then let's go back and review because we got, you know, we got time, but we also don't want to be too much time. So yeah. So be honest with the assistants. I really like that. I'm writing this stuff down too. This is going to go in my Google drive.
0: There you go.
1: Hey, we get the Google drive. We don't <laughs> get the stack of notebooks. Look at there.
0: I know, right? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I, you know, kind of piggybacking off of Coach Fields a little bit. Obviously, I've been in a situation where we didn't have extra interviews, and we did. I obviously liked them a lot better because, for one, I, just in my time that I have coached, I got better myself as a coach when someone challenged me. Uh, Steve Tannehill oh, yeah. challenged me. Like, you know, he he didn't – like. and I've on other episodes, like, you know, I call plays on Thursday night for him a couple years, and I come in, we win a football game, and, and I come in, I'm, like, feeling all good about myself, and he's, like, watching film, and he's, like, what is this? Like, this is – <laughs> he brings you back down to earth a little bit yeah. but you know so he challenged me but at the same time when we were outside of the football setting i really enjoyed being around coach Tannehill. like we played golf together we go you know grill out at his house you know you know fish together and do some stuff like stuff like that and a lot of things that he did that i liked was in the offseason yeah we had some time to kind of you know decompress a little bit but we we would spend some time together whether it was going to talk to another uh, like another staff or something like that Or if it was just going on a trip and go play golf for the weekend, like a Myrtle Beach trip, you go play golf, you go deep sea fishing, stuff like that. And it kind of, you know, it's not, okay, this coach just doesn't want me to come out here and, and, you know, be a robot or coach these guys up and and stuff like that. It's You talked about caring, coach, like you care about the kids. It's also good for me to know that the coach also cares, like –
1: Build that relationship, yeah. For sure. I mean, That's right.
0: And, and cause I remember one time when I got, I had my appendix taken out in the middle of the summer, and, and Coach Tannehill, you know, shows up to the hospital. I didn't expect him to come, you know. And same thing with my like some of my high school coaches. Those guys went out of their way to let you know that hey, even though football is over, like I still care about you as a person. So yeah, I mean, I want to be challenged. I want to know like hey, what can I get better at? And you know, challenge me to learn more about a different position. Like if I'm coaching receivers. Hey, you know, Coach Willis, I need you to focus. You need to learn more about offensive line this offseason or something like that. And, But, you know, I like to spend time outside of the football setting. But doing – it ain't got to be football related. Sure, I'd love to go talk to, you know, whoever, whatever staff we like. We're trying to do something on offense and we want to go learn some more stuff like what they do. Sure, let's go do that together. We'll go get something to eat, you know, things like that. But – you know, spending time with them, whether it's grilling out at the house or, you know, whatever it may be, that's kind of something that it brings that coaching staff camaraderie together a little bit. And one thing that I loved about Berkeley and Coach Fields can vouch for, as a staff, we all liked each other. Like it was, you know, we went to battle together and you know it might be it might go in our favor it might not go in our favor on friday night but that friday night you know we're sitting there we're together you know we're talking we're hanging out having a good time you know with each other and that just made it a lot easier for me to come to work you know on monday or or sunday or you know whatever day we're gonna meet and stuff like that so
1: it it helped check the egos at the door as well for sure um you know be being apart and building those relationships with each other you know
0: yeah Uh, that's just i mean i i don't know whether that's the improving in the offseason part is, you know, I want someone who's going to challenge me and not just think that I'm doing a great job all the time. Well, I mean, that's
1: improving because as a head coach, you're coaching men. Yeah. You know, yes, you have a group of players, but you've got to coach and teach adults. You know? Yes, you do. Which in your situation, you know, is kind of different than some staffs. You're a younger head coach and you've got some older guys on your staff. You know, yes, that, I, I do. Mean, and I,
2: I, I got guys the same age as my dad.
1: Right i mean that that's rough man yeah i mean that's hard but when it comes down to it that's one of your main jobs one fighting fires of course right. but two you've got to coach men i mean yep you know to have a head coach that has i mean honestly enough balls to coach men that are
2: older than them and build those relationships with them is huge you know they got guys yeah. that could have coached you or raised you even so yeah. uh you know you bring up challenge and i challenge uh I have a coach on staff, young guy. He's ready to go be a D.C., in my opinion. So, like, hey, man, go on interviews. Yeah. You know, how many head coaches, you know, would say that? Because they want to keep their guys and their staff intact. But at the same time, you should want people on your staff to go get better jobs. Yeah. And to improve themselves. So. For sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Just, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, like, just be real. Be honest with assistants, you know. Um, I I just – that's just so huge. It's something that – and it, nobody's perfect, of course. Like, you've got 30,000 things to do. Like, Coach Fit has 30,000 things to do right now. Mm-hmm. But if he can just take the time with those main core guys and tell them what they need to work on and, and be honest with their goals and build that relationship with them, that goes a long way on that staff. I mean, that's those guys are just going to run through a brick wall for you, just like your players will, you know?
2: Yep. 100%. 100%.
0: Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I, I feel like I've improved more as a coach in my career when someone has challenged me and made me focus on, like, you might think it's a little thing, but that little thing's important. So yeah. if it's, you know, if, if my receiver's taking a false step, then you're not just going to overlook it. Like, you need to fix it. Like, let's find out how we're going to fix it. And, you know, so again, someone who's challenged me in the past, uh, you know, I feel like I've gotten better as a coach that way rather than someone saying, oh, coach, you're doing such a great job. I mean, it, there's a good balance, I guess, I'm looking for. Like, you want to be appreciated. Hey, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you for your time, stuff like that. But still, not just that. I, I need to be challenged. A lot you know. of
1: times, you know, if you're a position coach, you know if your group did well. You you don't need the pat on the butt. Like, it's good to have sure. a pat on the butt. But a lot of times, if you're doing the right thing as an assistant coach, you can see week to week how your kids are getting better. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. If yep. you can't, then you probably shouldn't get that pat on the butt because your group probably isn't doing what they're supposed to do, which means at some point you're not doing what you're supposed to do as an assistant.
0: Yeah. I mean, Funny funny story, when I did work with Coach Tannehill, it was funny because when the receivers played well, he would always say, yeah, my receivers did good tonight, talking about himself. Mm-hmm. But when they'd have a couple of drops or, you know, busts or lows or things like that, your... he's like, Coach Willis, your receivers <laughs> were terrible tonight. So, yeah. But, again, it's kind of, you know, that's the way it was, but it was still – me saying, hey, you know, I got to do a better job. But it still made me go to practice every day and focus on trying to get those guys to be as good as they possibly could have. So.
2: Well, I know you can coach receivers because you all had two touchdown catches again in the flex bone against us this year. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, the Coach Fiddler, don't they, get me started.
2: They did not
1: against us, just letting everybody know. They had a, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They had 38 yards of offense against us that next week. So. Yeah, well, we just won't, we won't, we won't
0: talk about any of that stuff. So.
1: Got to do it. I got
0: to do it. Whatever. Do it is it. what it is. You're not allowed to gang up over here Coach Fiddler. We're two I'm offensive just, guys, okay? I'm just going to say it. Just going to do it. What you looking like that for? Yeah, Coach what Finley? are you looking like that for? I'm just being.
1: I mean, it's <laughs> <This laughs> overtime. Yeah, they bro. had 38. Bo it was 45 to zero.
2: They had that on the first drive against us.
1: <laughs> Y'all are wild. It's those 300 pound kids I had at defensive line. That's all.
2: That was okay. We stopped them. Went 93 on the first drive. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we let's let's we're not talking about none of this stuff. This is the offseason.
0: We're trying I to improve the offseason here. here. So. Had to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so, all right, that's probably good for overtime. Coach Did yeah. you got anything else? Coach Did you got anything else that you wanted to talk yeah, about? Nope, that was the big question I had. All right, so my thing is, before we close, again, Coach, we really appreciate you coming on here. Obviously, it means a lot to us because yeah. you obviously could have been doing a thousand other things right now instead of sitting here with us. So, appreciate you. Obviously, anytime we sit down with you, we always take away something from it. I hope anyone that listens to this, obviously they're
2: going to take away some stuff too. So, I appreciate you, Coach. Well, I appreciate you having me. I love I love talking balls. So like I said, that's the only thing I do besides hang out with my family. So yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't. I have golf clubs, but I don't golf. I, don't, I, I tried to, finish, to get you on the golf course, course. So yeah, we you get me on the Berkeley Country Club, the old goat track. We'll play. Come a
0: hey, now. Let me talk about my golf course. That's my golf course now.
2: Shots are just getting <laughs> fired here in overtime.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that, no. No, man. But, we uh, yeah, we appreciate like, it, Coach.
1: Like. You you didn't have to do this, and just for everybody listening, if you're a young guy, I mean, this guy's not really going anywhere. He he said it earlier, he's a young guy himself and wants to do it for a long time. So why not reach out to guys like this? I mean, we need to do a better job of it, but this is kind of the first guy we did before we even did all this podcast stuff. Yeah, I mean, Coach Willis and I, I think I DM Coach Filler just on a whim. You know what I mean? As yep. a nobody, you know, and he kind of took us in and spent pretty much a night with us and yeah this is a guy that i text he he probably when he sees me he's probably like, oh my god this guy's texting me again but it's over <laughs> uh, I know, something i
2: know he's he's fishing for information yeah it's just you know
1: something <laughs> stupid like well, you know he's like god oh, this guy's gonna ask me about something stupid like it was banquets the other day you know just asking
2: yeah.
1: uh how, how how do you do your banquets you know or something got brought up and i'm like oh how do you do that and he answers yeah. every time you know um, yeah. just a guy that will open his door for you. So,
0: yeah. And so and I'm going to say this too, coach, like we're doing an improving in the off season like series here, but you know, we're going to get down deeper into this and in program stuff. And you're one of the top guys on there because yeah. like I said, what kind of like piqued my interest and our interest was we came over for a JV game that time and you got all these young kids out here. And I'm just like, look at all these kids out here. You know, this is the Ashley Ridge program. And so mm-hmm. if you're listening, coach Fiddler does a great job with that program. We're going to get you on, especially when we talk about program stuff, I know that you'll be willing to not share everything, but some secrets, you know, things like (laughs) that. So, I'll be be writing stuff down for sure.
2: That'd be cool if if somebody wants to reach out. Just Twitter at Coach Fiddler, F-I-D-L-E-R.
0: There you go. At Coach Fiddler. Again, his doors are open because
2: he didn't know us from anybody. So
0: he's like, "Sure, come on, let's let's sit down and talk." So we're slap dicks. Yeah, exactly. And (laughs) so, shut up. Yeah, Coach. All right, I know you got a a party to go to. Again, Coach. Man, we appreciate you coming on here. It, It means a lot to us and. And anytime you want to come on, if you want to come co-host or co-host with us wherever you're at, come on, you're welcome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, because we'll wrap this overtime segment up. All right, yeah. So we're back here. Um, that was Coach Fiddler. Uh, you know, anytime you know you can get someone with the experiences and things that Coach Fiddler has done, it's a it's a great opportunity and. You know, we're just appreciative that he came on and what we want you guys listening to understand like Coach Fidler, again, he's 35 years old and he's been a head football coach for 6 years already. Right. So when he was 29, he he had his first head coaching job and and you know, obviously if you ask him, I'm sure he would say, "Oh yeah, I wish I would have won a little bit more." But at the same time, I mean, he made his way up from, you know, assistant to a coordinator to a head football coach and You know, if if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people that, you know, is getting into coaching or you're, you know, coaching and you're looking for a step up or a coordinator job and things like that. So it was real, you know, awesome for us to be able to get him on here. And, you know, Coach Fields and I, we've, you know, we've sat down with him. We've been impressed with him, you know, just from the outside looking in, like we said, looking at his program from the other team's perspective, other program's perspective, just looking at what he was doing and trying to implement from the ground up. Was impressive to us, and that's kind of why we reached out to him. And you know, just sitting down with him, we reached out, you know, a couple of years ago when we sat down with him, and, and we took away a lot of stuff from that that night. You know, you know, yeah. overall program stuff, just things in general. Not, not again, like and even Coach said, it ain't about like oh what X's and O's. Like, can I go out there and draw up the best play? Like, that's not what he's about. And, yeah. and obviously, he's he's been successful, and there's a reason he's been hired for these positions, and and that's why we wanted to get him on here. To, so that he could share his experiences and and try to help other people you know again it's, we're all in the same profession and if you want to move up and and you want to improve in the off season there's someone right there who's done a heck of a lot of improving in his off seasons absolutely wouldn't you say? yeah
1: yeah i mean he's even you know got some awards yeah personally sure. because of that too i mean it's it's a lot to be said about a guy who's learning at a young age and is going to be able to do this for a long time i mean all of us that are younger, younger in our careers, we're gonna do this for a long time. So I mean, yes, he isn't at Dutch Fork where he's winning thirty five thousand state titles, but yeah. he's doing it the right way with his own program, you know, at a young age. So I mean really overall our guest, I mean, we're kind of wrapping up this kind of segment or this series and we just wanna thank, you know, all of our guests. Um we want to thank Coach Sweeney, you know, Coach Cantrell, Coach Young and now Coach Fiddler, like, we just – we want to thank everybody, you know, that's been a part of this and thank you guys for listening. You know, if you've made it this far or you listening to this, maybe this is the first one you're listening to. Yeah. You know, Coach McDaniel as well. We'll just throw everybody in here. Like, thank all of these guys for coming on and being a part of it and having some fun. I mean, everybody loves to talk ball, you know. Um, this is a great time, I'll say it again, off season, great time to – get with your buddies who coach at different programs and sit down and talk ball. Um, that's something that we did. We're not, we're not perfect. You know, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy ever. Coach Willis is the smartest guy ever, but <laughs> we, you know, have, you all have group texts like sit down and talk football. You know, of course we all love to decompress, but do what young coaches do. Get the small whiteboard, get the expo marker. I leave the expo marker in my Tahoe kind of as a joke, you know, when somebody yeah. needs to pull it out, we pull it out, right? Like, yeah, we're not pin wizards, but sit down and talk about it. Break some things down. Have have fun. Make football fun. You know, if you're on a staff where there's a lot of older guys, soak it all in. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the off season, just sit down and listen to them. That's something that I did at Berkeley, especially defensively. Those guys, we counted it up. Those cats, it was over a hundred years of experience. You know, between the three of them, and I was the young guy on staff. And when I left Berkeley. I felt like I was there equals, honestly, uh maybe not like intelligence wise obviously, or knowledge, but you know, on a Friday night, we were all equals, you know we were all going into war together, so um I mean, just soak it all in, learn, improve, find your weaknesses. everything that people have said has been the truth, you know um take one thing away from each podcast and work on it. that's something we're doing too, even though we're the ones recording this, we're still doing our research and background and finding our own weaknesses and doing all that ourselves so
0: yeah i mean and and
1: let it light a fire under you let's go man
0: and and daily like we're reaching out to people and, and daily we're like trying to improve with this platform and we're also you know trying to figure out how we can help other people too but like here's our thing like if you want reach out to us like again you can go follow the yca podcast it's at yca underscore podcast myself i'm coach willis at coach willis and then you got coach fields is at coach b fields um reach out to us if you don't you know send us a message send us a dm you know whatever you want to do if you got something you want to talk about or maybe you want to come on and share some experiences that's what we want you to do that's we're trying to grow this thing and share with everybody and and again you know last thing about coach fiddler because he was our guest tonight special guest uh he did some some awesome stuff for us tonight and we appreciate him go follow him on twitter it's at coach fiddler again reach out to him like if you want to know some program stuff just reach out to him he'll be more than happy to, to welcome you just like he did for us and you know don't be afraid to to do that and if it's other people you know someone that's really good like you said find someone that does what you want to do and they do it really well and just go like ask them talk to them reach out to them like knock their door down if you have to and now, you know metaphorically not actually but still don't
1: don't do that in south carolina yeah don't knock their door down you physically might, you might find something you don't want in south yeah. carolina
0: but yeah so and, and we'll kind of close this episode out because it's been a great episode but we just want everyone to understand you know we appreciate you you know we hope we're doing something positive for you and, you know and if not you know we're having fun with it and, yeah. and we're reaching out to people we're networking and doing things and it's it's been a great time for us so coach Fields, last thoughts before we close this thing out
1: that's it man um rip to coach leach honestly yeah like seriously it's been kind of a bummer yeah we went to the Dorman uh strength clinic we got some free shirts and whatnot coach willis and i did and i mean it was kind of a bummer because it was kind of announced that day so yeah you know it's it's kind of been kind of a somber week you know we've been excited about doing this pod but it's been kind of upsetting you know Um, yeah especially seeing all of it on twitter so
0: so, you know, I'd say to honor, you know, Coach Leach, go go pick up his book, Swing Your Sword. You know, it's, it's a one. good book. You, um, know, you know, and I, I guess that's kind of a good ending point for us there. So, I guess until next time, we'll see you.